Andy Hoare, welcome to Friday 15. A little harder this week on the, on the music. Ah, it's just the same stuff, man. Come on, we're rocking it out. It's Friday morning. Or afternoon. Whatever. So, well, welcome everyone to Friday 15. My name is Brian Beck, uh, Master B2B, um, co-founder, and I'm here with uh, Andy Hoare, my partner in this Thought Leadership Series, uh, longtime Silicon Valley veteran, CEO of Paradigm B2B, Forrester Research, VP of B2B e-commerce, long history, Andy, in this industry. Excited to be here on a Friday uh, morning or afternoon, depending on what part of the country you're in. Yep, I'm in uh, St. Louis again. I'll be back uh, in Chicago next week. And you look like you're in a different place there. I am, I am, I am, sir. I'm in well, Atlanta. I'll introduce you first. Okay, go ahead. Which is what you told me to do, right? Say great <laughs> things about you and set you, okay, great. So those who don't know Brian, Brian's a 20 year industry veteran. Uh, was a practitioner on the B2B side with Harbor Freight Tools, the B2C side with PacSun been a consultant, author of a book called Billion Dollar B2B E-Commerce. And this week, he's coming to you live from right. Atlanta because That's last night we had a big Master B2B Regional Summit event. So, Brian, I heard it was pretty successful. It was absolutely awesome, Andy. If you can see my screen here, we had a great event. It was the who's who in Atlanta uh, from e-commerce, uh, you know, folks running marketing and uh, some IT and, and folks, but leaders from across businesses. We had Napa Auto Parts. Uh, we had All Tech. We had uh, all kinds of different folks from uh, Lakeland Industries was there. Uh, we had Cooper Lighting there. We had which is a great group of people. And we were talking about a really digital transformation and closing the gap. Some of the things we're going to talk about today on our Friday 15, closing the gap between the sales team and, and digital, right? How do, you, how do they work together? We talked Amazon and marketplaces. We talked uh, AI was a big topic. So we're doing these around the country, Andy. And it was just, a, as you can see here on my screen, just a fabulous group of folks, you know, presenting and talking about these issues. Um, you know, these are intimate groups, um, you know, 25 people or so. But anyway, what a, what a great uh, what a great event it was. And, you know, these are, we're doing uh, a couple of these in Chicago next month and we're back in Atlanta. And the next year we're going to be doing uh, quite a few of these uh, throughout the country and all kinds of different markets. So hope to see some of you, uh, some of you there. Uh, who are joining us today? So, uh, anyway, any great, great event. But so let's get into maybe a little bit of the news. Any, any, anything else you want to add on our workshops before we jump into this? Um, yeah, that was the Buckhead Club, right? Which is a really well, nice location, looking overlooking the city. Yeah, I mean, we don't do it like everybody else does it. I think that's one thing to right. point out is the conversation. I mean, these always go long, right? Um, you say <laughs> they like, want more time. They didn't want to wanted more time. It's like what's two hours? And they're like, no, we want to go three or four hours. So I think there's a crying need here for people to get together and exchange ideas and share best practices. And instead of making people come to us at we're events, going we're going to them, which I think is quite unique. And so far, so good. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. Well, uh, so Andy, you know, we always, we like to start our Friday 15 by looking at some news and, you know, you and I, early in the year, we, we predicted the great distributor squeeze that distributors are, you know, going to get squeezed. So do you see the, this news this week? Before we get into our topic on on the sales team, do you see this news? September wholesale out, uh, data, major downshift in revenue outlook. This is Mike Hockett over at MDM. Thank you, Mike, for contributing this um, and, and sharing this with us. Because you know, does this mean, Andy, that that we're getting, you know, we're seeing a, a downturn? Is is our is our prediction coming true? Well, as as always, it's not universal. It's a bit uneven, but there are pockets where it looks like. People a little more reticent about what's going to happen in 2024. Why don't we flip to the next slide? We have kind yeah. of a little eye chart here yeah. um, to that point that it's not uniform. So oil and gas 
the so the far right column is the 2024 forecast. They predicted a revenue outlook of negative 13.3% in 2023. Um, And then 2024, they're predicting basically a 5% increase, which is a pretty dramatic shift. Now, that's largely due to the global energy circumstances, probably the war in Ukraine, price of oil going up. Uh, But that particular vertical seems to be doing just fine. Electrical and electronics wholesalers, again, another flip from negative to positive. This is the one we want to talk about, industrial distributors. So you notice in 2022, the third column was 15.8%. It declined in 2023. And this is their forecast for 2024, which is now literally at zero. Um, You know, this is probably one that's getting, predicting a bit more of a recessionary environment. Uh, The producer price index, which is the, uh, basically indicates what is happening with inputs is going up fairly dramatically. And I think the industrial distributors are a little bit concerned that 2024 might be recessionary. Again, a couple others here in black, metal service centers and beer and wine, always beer and wine. They were- You gotta highlight beer and wine. But uh, it's going positive again. So the SIN stuff is doing well, energy stuff is doing well, but everything else seems like it might be- slowing a little bit according to the folks in the industry themselves yeah well what's interesting to me too about this andy is that you know we think about um you know is is it just the economy or is it that that we're seeing this is just measuring wholesale distributors are we seeing the shift happen right that we talked about where manufacturers are now selling more directly we're seeing amazon business and other vertical marketplaces we talked about that last week growing, taking some share here from the traditional distribution. So I, I think there's multiple things at play here. It's not just about the economy. You know, the economy is a great excuse for everyone to say, hey, my business is soft. Well, fine. But you've also got to look at, you know, the economy certainly is important. But you have to look at other factors, too. And oh, not yeah. Just, not well, just for sure. Good point. I mean, it's hard to believe that the hyper competitive now market for industrial yeah. equipment which is right. not just the domain of the traditional and classic distributor set, but also now the Amazon businesses, the world, the vertical marketplaces you mentioned. Yep. It's hard to believe that there isn't some share stealing going on here, and that's affecting revenue. There's no question. So, all right. Well, let's get to our topic uh, that we're going to talk about today. This is all about, and I was talking about this yesterday, alignment of sales teams and e-commerce. Are you screwed if you're not, if you're not aligned? Uh, you know, and this is a stat I was talking about with the group last night, Andy, here in, in, in Atlanta, 66% of B2B buyers prefer remote human interactions or self-service. The other stat that's not in here that I cited yesterday, 74, I think this is one of your stats, maybe from back in the day. Oh, that means it's good. So we'll pause and yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, okay, let's, let's very clearly. It. 74% of, uh, millennials. Um, you know, younger buyers actively avoid salespeople. Like they just don't want to talk to them. Like, get away from me. I'm going to be doing this online. So anyway, this this is a real a real deal. Are you screwed? So one of the points I made last night, Andy, and we'll get into the, the you know the slide deck here a little bit. But you know, one of the points I made last night is do do if if they actively avoid salespeople, who cares? You don't need to have alignment, right? Does it are you're not screwed? Is that true? I don't know. What do you think? Well, this is a multi-dimensional argument. There are different, I think, dimensions of the customer journey at yeah. different points. Like in the research phase, there's a question of whether you're screwed there. There's the consideration right. phase, whether you're screwed there. There's always the purchase phase. And then very importantly, the post-purchase phase. So right. when you think about this balance that needs to take place between digital self-serve and full-serve, 
or right. digital and sort of sales reps, there has to be a balance because it might vary from customer to product type to yeah. buying scenario. But the reality is you got to give everybody all the options they want. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is worth noting that at the very tip of the spear, the very mm -hmm. beginning of the customer journey, people are telling us pretty clearly they want to do research on their own. Now, when I was saying this five, six, seven years ago, I was a guy yelling in, in the wilderness. I was, you know, people were telling me I was nuts. That'll never happen. And then the pandemic came along and sort of proved that part of this is right. I mean, we went through the pandemic and things didn't explode. You know, people found things on their own. Was it perfect? No, but it shifted the equation pretty dramatically. And we live in a post-pandemic world, and I look forward to not saying that anymore. But in that post-pandemic world, it's very clear that especially younger buyers are going to yeah. go where they want to go, when they want to go, how they want to go. And if you're a seller and you don't give them all these options, yes, yeah. in fact, you are screwed. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you could argue that for sure. And, and you know, this is, I found this to, stat to be really interesting. You want to speak to this? Yeah, just that in that same research in McKinsey, this is two years ago. I haven't seen an updated version of it uh, recently, but of note, digital first B2B buyers use multiple sales channels. That means that they're going online, they're talking to sales reps, they're using chat, they're walking into physical branches. They're doing all these things, which causes a whole cascade of issues that many B2B companies are still not ready for. As in, there's got to be a central, central source of truth around the data. Because yeah. the data you show in the different channels cannot be inconsistent. Yeah. But look, they're promiscuous when it comes to channels. They want to go all over the place and you've got to be able to serve them. So there isn't one answer to this, but the sales reps have got to get on board with this. If they haven't yet, this is a big problem. It has to start at the top. The CEO has to show them this, this stuff for their own specific company yeah. and say, look, our buyers are going everywhere. We don't have the luxury of siloing them like we do. Whenever I talk to companies, I never hear buyers say, oh, yeah, I bought in this channel today. No, yeah. they just go to a company and buy. But the companies internally all talk about what channel the, the buyer bought in. I get why they do that from an operational perspective. But right. that's not the way buyers operate. And the last right. time I checked, the buyers are kind of in control here. Well, you know, and Gardner has some um, uh, awesome data on this, too, where they show kind of through the, the full customer journey where people are, you know, how the two e-commerce and the physical sales team interact. I have a case study in my book, Andy, um, and about Illumina. I always I, I always refer back to them because they did such a wonderful job. They're a biotechnology manufacturer, three billion dollar company. They're getting, you know, million dollar plus shopping carts closing on their e-commerce site. Million dollars. They just sell they sell high tech equipment. For, for medical research, you know, that that didn't just happen. They don't, you know, someone doesn't do a Google search and say, find me a genomic sequencing machine. The, the sales team was involved all the way until up until the close, right? So it's, they 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 work together. What's fascinating, last night or yesterday, we're having this discussion with these executives. One of the CEOs said, it was fascinating, actually. This is, he said, listen, my sales team, actually, they're, they're mostly young folks. They're, you know, folks below 30. I can't get them to pick up the phone to call a customer. He's like, they, they're digitally like, it's the opposite issue. Like, so you got these two, these two kind of ends of the spectrum. You got the, the old school sales rep who like is terrified and thinks e-commerce is the end of their relationships 
And then you've got the other end of the spectrum, which is these young sales reps are like, I'm not going to call anybody. I'm going to let, I'm going to let, uh, you know, e-commerce e digital and everything else do all the work for me. I was the first time I ever heard that. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> so, time for a quick joke. I saw a, yeah. a New Yorker cartoon. I don't usually read the New Yorker, but this one popped <laughs> okay. into my head and yeah, it's this ahead. guy in jail. Yeah. And uh, the bailiff comes over and he says, okay, okay, you get one phone call. And it's a millennial. And he goes, what's a phone call? <laughs> so, I mean, it is true that people don't, you know, they're more likely to use their phones for text than they are phone calling. They're just yeah. not as facile on the phone, but they are pretty good with chat, for example. And right. they're good with email. Texting. Texting. And, texting. and so yeah. maybe this is shifting. I mean, when I did Death of Video Sales, Salesman, I talked a lot about how the role of the sales rep was simply going to morph. And I predicted it was going to be more of a customer service, customer support kind of thing, which all the sales reps push back and says, well, we're not going to do customer support. That's not our job. I'm like, that's what you're doing right now. Right. You're just getting commission at the end of the process. And you're, you're evangelizing and you're educating, et cetera. But gone to the days of some dude showing up with carbon paper and taking an order in person. Nobody wants that. Right. Yeah. Somebody, somebody last night even used the F word. Facts. Uh-oh. Yeah, we see those still too. Yeah, the fax machines. Like, and one of, and they were referring to their own business. It was an industrial uh, pro, uh, products manufacturer or head of marketing. He said, "Yeah, we're we're still we still get orders via fax." And so, this, and that's these a things... little bit of a that's a little bit of a tragedy on both sides because right. that is not a good use of a buyer's time either to go that's fill right. out a form, put it into a machine, punch in the number, wait right. there while it goes through, and go okay. Did you get the order, Bob? That's not a great use of their time. And it's certainly not a great use of the other side. Although some technologies have arisen to take care of that funny enough to convert faxes into email orders. But so, yeah, so, so what, is this, what is this full spectrum selling? Yeah, so basically it's what we were saying that, you know what, you got to balance the self-service with the full service. Right. And it really at the end of the day, it's a hybrid notion, which is, you know, the last slide here, what McKinsey had talked about, which is 100% correct that we're going to see the future of, you know, it's the hybrid sales rep, which yep. how you define a hybrid sales rep is kind of interesting. They, they don't define it particularly well, but I think what it is, is it's not the old sales rep. The how's your sales rep is somebody joked with me once. How's your this? How's your that? Right. And it's not uh, a sales rep who just sits there and is overrun by, you know, digital and just responds to what's going on, on the web. It's somebody who can insert him or herself strategically and tactically along the customer journey and get people off the hump, reduce the friction along the way. Uh, a lot of people who are in a post-pandemic, post-digital sales world where they are hybrid sales reps, yep. just rhapsodize about how much more they're selling now. Right. You know, the, the website's doing handling all the heavy lifting and they're out doing what they want to do along, which is help customers figure out what to buy to solve their needs. And I think if you can just get to the other side of this thing and see what those sales reps have done and how they've managed to scale themselves, yeah, it becomes a lot more attractive. But initially, if companies don't sell it to their sales reps and their sales reps aren't open to it, that's a that's a failure of communication. Yeah, I mean, I, I do actually think that you know if you don't have, I was joking a little earlier that you know because the new buyer really likes to avoid, you know, wants to avoid sales reps, according to that survey, you know, that you may, maybe you're not screwed if your sales reps are not, you know, are, are, aren't, aren't aligned. But at the end of the day, I do think we, we live in a bubble if we think that because, you know, the sales rep is still important. It's not the death 
of the sales uh, person, Andy. I mean, I, they're still a very relevant, um, you know, um, uh, role. And, you know, yesterday we saw in our workshop here in Atlanta, we saw, you know, examples of how sales reps can actually collaborate using technology and extend their reach. I mean, that one tool we looked at, those guys were getting in that in that distributor that, that was being shared. They were talking about eight to 10 times more meetings per week with with prospects by using digital tools to reach with reach out to customers who, by the way, half of them are working from home now. So still. Right. So. So it, yeah, where's we're client meeting take place. Exactly. Who are you calling? Yeah. You're going right. to call in the wife's going to pick up the cell phone right. and say, oh, Bob's <laughs> out mowing the lawn. Yeah, right, what is right. this about? Exactly. I mean, the world yeah. has changed. So let's let's uh, we're going to wrap up our Friday 15 in just a minute here. But let's let's share the poll. We asked this question of our audience uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, what what are you guys saying is is is, is the, the organization screwed? And and, you know, 40, 54 uh, percent said no, it happens anyway. So in other words, some to some degree, this is just going to happen. Right. So whether or not the sales rep fights it or not, you know, according to our audience, I, I agree with that. But I think. I think your, you know, e-commerce adoption. Maybe I use too strong word here. And doomed. It's not doomed, but it'll probably just goes more slowly if your if your reps are not aligned. Do you agree with that? No, I totally. I mean, this is inevitable. It's it's happening whether you, as the CEO or the head of sales right. or the sales reps, like it or not. Right. You might as well get on board with because I can tell you on the other side of this. Yeah. For productive sales reps, it's a. Yeah. It's a much better world. I think the fear here, and this is what I said in Death of BB Salesman, is the people who are just used to taking yeah, yeah. orders, the order takers, aren't going to like it because they are going to be cannibalized and displaced by digital technology. Because guess what? That's what buyers want to do. They don't want to hear about what Johnny's doing in his game on right. Friday right. just right. to order uh, an electrical capacitor. They can do that online by adding to cart, but they will talk to you if you can explain to them that there's a better use of this capacitor, or there's another capacitor that's even better and less expensive. I mean, that's right. the role. It's not to just take orders. And we got to get rid of this notion that uh, the, I've heard this company say this too, and it drives me nuts, that we bring the value. Our sales reps bring the value to the buyers. No, no, the buyers are going to decide what brings value to them. Right. And it's right. not going to be talking to you because right. they've got nothing better to do. But yep, if you yep. can insert value add along the way, but don't yep. force that behavior on yeah, mostly no, no. digital first buyers. They're not well, going to go for it. Last night, one of the one of the large distributors was sharing um, that their sales reps, who are what they would consider digitally enabling or doing, embracing these tools versus those that are fighting it, and they they've actually classified them, and the ones that are embracing it are making like four five times as more more money. I mean, at the end of the day, because they're they're actually leveraging the tools, they are far more successful than those who fight and fight the fight e-commerce. So it's in their own best interest uh, from a Salesforce perspective to, you know, there is. This stuff. So, all right. So we got to share one last thing before we wrap. We're going we're making this a Friday 20, Andy. And so, yeah, <laughs> for those of you hanging with us. Again, it's Friday. We have to change the name. Friday. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, so our forum, for those of you who haven't signed up for this, it's just a tremendous group of people. Here's some examples. It's an online forum. In fact, I saw Mike Becker last night. Uh, Kimberly Clark was at our event. He's right there on the left, uh, second one down. It was Brooke, right? Yeah, Brooke. Is Brooke in here too? Yeah, there's Brooke. Brooke on the right hand, at the bottom there uh, from uh, Napa. Uh, this is a partial list, by the way. That's all we can fit on the screen. We oh, have yeah. 320 people. Yeah, we got 300 some people in here. Yeah, exactly. So this is free to sign up for folks. You can go online, go to our site, masterb2b.com, look for the forum tab, 
and uh, you can go ahead and, and uh, submit uh, an application to be invited to this. It's And again, it's, it's just your name and email and such. If you're a practitioner, and this is only practitioners, manufacturers, distributors, and brands, you know, encourage you to sign up for this. We have great conversations on our forum. It's like a, in some ways, like a private LinkedIn just for our industry, uh, B2B e-commerce. So encourage you to do that. Uh, oh, we saw, by the way, saw Matt there too last night. Matt, look at, look at all these people. Matt uh, from Owens Corning was at our event last night as he well. He flew in, didn't he? He flew in from Detroit. Most of our folks are right here in, uh, or Toledo. Most of our folks are uh, here are, um, you know, we're just right from the Atlanta area, but we did have a couple folks come from, you know, a little ways away. A couple came in from Alabama and uh, Altec, uh, Alexandra. So um, anyway, great group. And uh, look forward to seeing you all next week on our next Friday, 15, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Central or noon uh, Eastern. Uh, every week we're doing this. We're having some fun. So thanks, folks, for your comments and your participation today. Andy, any final words before we wrap? No, I guess we'll see you back in LA next week, right? We will. I think so. All I'll right, be guys. back in Chicago as well. All right. We'll see you all next Friday.